In the next hour, we want to put a smile on your face, elevate your endorphins, and bring you happiness. Welcome to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. We spend so much of our lives chasing happiness, it might just be where you least expect it to be. Natalie and her guests are going to show you how and where to find it. And now, your host, Natalie Botros. Welcome, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. Welcome to my show, Say Yes, Be Happy, where each week I interview a different guest from a different field, and together we find the happy, the positive, and the silver lining on the subject that we choose. This week, we're going to talk about money. I know, I know, money might not, it doesn't buy you happiness, but I think it's a tool, and if it's used correctly, it can have an impact on your happiness. And so I decided to bring you a financial literacy coach that we're going to know what it is. She's going to teach us how to make money and follow our dreams. Let me talk a little bit about my guest. She's the founder of WorkforceMillionaire.com, a financial education company where they coach people to make your money work for you so that you can leave your job early and live your dream life. I'll take that. <laughs> She's actually, I love my job, so I don't know if I'll take that, but why not? <laughs> She's a graduate of UC Davis, Pepperdine University and Stanford. She was a college hire into high tech as a clerk and 20 years later was told she never had to work again. Her pragmatic approach to all things money has helped people of all ages. Coaching those as young as her five and six years old and also, which are apparently good excellent stock pickers <laughs> and she yeah. also helps <laughs> couples who are evaluating how to make their money work for them into retirement she does pro bono work with the middle schools high schools and library programs because she believes that everyone in the u.s should have access to financial literacy education she's in the top two percent of wealth in the u.s and is here to share her tips so you can join her up there please welcome lisa bennett hi lisa how hey, are you? Well, do I get to tell them I'm, I'm in a walk <laughs> mood? I had a surgery two weeks ago, and last night I got two hours of sleep because they just took the stitches out yesterday and the pain kicked in as soon as I went to bed. But, but it'll get better. It'll get better. And it was an elective surgery that I've needed for quite a while. And, you yeah. know. Well, and then you're here with a smile. So I guess you're fine anyway. <laughs> You, yes. you bring us like your positivity. So, Lisa, let's talk from the beginning. How everything started for you? I mean, tell us a little bit your story. Sure. I was born in Tacoma, Washington. And I am a year and a day younger than my sister. When we were toddlers, my parents divorced. That was pretty unusual back then. And my mom um, got custody, and that was very typical back then. Very rarely did a man get custody of the children. And then my mom moved us across the state, and I never saw my dad again. <clears throat> and she was, uh, shortly after that, she had another child, and then she met a man and moved up to Alaska to marry him, which was pretty brave. I, I mean, when I look on that, she took three kids on an airplane to Alaska to marry a man that she had met and dated before he was deployed to Elmendorf Air Base. So that was brave. So my mom is a pretty intrepid, brave, adventurous, um, very emotional person. And anyway, they divorced when I was 12. So from when I was 12 to you know now, I haven't had a dad. And we learned how to, uh, our family survived on very little income. My mom never had a, a good paying job. And part of my growing up years, we were on public assistance, which was called welfare back then. So I got free lunches in school, in high school. Everyone knew that I was like the low income kid of, the, of this swath of 30 of us in my high school who were heading off to the universities. And... Um, if there were any programs or events happening that had a scholarship available, chances were pretty good that I got it. I usually qualified financially. And I, so I, when I was young, when I was 12, what I remember is watching my mom balance her budget on the back of an envelope one day that a bill had come in. 
My mom has never had a checking account, has never had a credit card. She's in her 80s now. <clears throat> and so she would either pay all her bills with cash or she would get a money order from the bank that paid the bills and then actually take the bills around, take the checks around to all the places where she owed money. Yeah. She's always, always very responsible with her money. But when I was 12, I watched her do this balancing of the budget on the back of an envelope one day. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to be financially independent one day. Because I had heard this in the movies. I didn't even know what it meant. But I knew that whatever that was, it had a lot more buffer in it than what my mom's budget had. Financially independent must mean there's more money at the end than five. There was $5 left at the end of that month when she tied out her finances. And that felt really scary to me. So to me, that felt like, what if we have a flat tire? What if I need to go to the dentist? I mean, anything could happen, right? Like, where just, where's the money going to come from? So it felt like it could all fall apart. So I, I went on to college because I, I got a full scholarship because I had really good grades. And my vision was always to go to this one college, which was UC Davis, and I was pre-vet. So that's the number one college right now in the world for vet medicine. And back then, it was the number one college in the United States. Yeah. I didn't stick with vet medicine, but and I don't know yeah. if Natalie knows, but I have a lot of animals. I've always had a lot of animals. Yeah, I didn't I know totally that. <laughs> like I have to be in a separate room because my parrot <laughs> will talk to me the whole time if I'm in the same area with him. Uh, anyway, and um, <clears throat> I got a, I, I had intended to be a math and science teacher. I'm really a good instructor and I have been for a very long time. But Prop 13 passed while I was in college, which meant there were 30,000 unemployed teachers in the state of California when I walked out of college. So what I decided was to call my friends who had gotten full-time jobs and ask if I could live with them and go looking for a full-time job. And the, the friend who lived in Silicon Valley said, well, they both said yes, but I chose the person who lived in Silicon Valley. And then I started getting jobs. And eventually where I landed was in high tech. I had neighbors who became my mentors. They really took me under their wings, Bob and Claire. I have a lot of gratitude for Bob and Claire who both passed now, but they said, no, 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 no. You're not going to work here. You're going to, this is what your resume is going to look like. This is how you're going to dress. And you're going to go apply for jobs in some of the best high-tech companies that exist right now. <clears throat> and I did. I followed all of their guidance because I, I'm very coachable. I was a, I haven't mentioned this, but I've been an athlete since I was 14. So I, I actually had coaches from when I was 14 to 34 in volleyball. I played competitive, which is the reason my foot's injured right now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, so I, I can take coaching and that's one of the requirements. If you have a coach, if you have a life coach, if you have a business coach, if you have a finances coach, whoever, you get to be coachable. So I took all their advice. I got a good job, but it paid $1,000 a month in Silicon Valley. I started at the bottom because I had not studied that stuff, right? And eventually, I, by the time I left high tech, I believe I was making $14,000 a month, if you want to do the math on that one, had really good benefits, really good benefits. And because I had been there so long and they were needing to... Um, lose some of the population of the company, they offered an early retirement program. At the time, I had two kids who were really young. And I went to a financial advisor and he said, you don't ever have to work again. He said, you can retire right now. He said, your husband has to keep working. My husband, <laughs> the man I married, um, did not take good care of his finances. And he, um, he's still working right now. Um, he's, that's money is not his thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did, I, I took the early retirement package and that money went straight into a 401k uh, or a traditional IRA, it got moved into a, a traditional IRA. And then I homeschooled my kids for the next three years. It was one of the best things I ever did. And I know a lot of people homeschooling was imposed upon you last year and the year before because of COVID-19. And that's harsh if you were still working and, and you had not intended to be a teacher and you took up yeah. homeschooling. It was intense. Homeschooling was one of the best things I've ever done. And it was intense. It was a full-time 24 by 7 job, but I loved it. I loved just keeping that far ahead of the kids. Yeah. But so how did you decide to do the homeschooling? Like you, you, 
because it was your choice. It was not like COVID-19. You, you really decided to do it. Yeah, that's a good question. I, at the time, I think we had 30 days or 60 days to respond to the company because I was on the list of people who were eligible for the early retirement program. And my kids were four and five years old at the time. <clears throat> and there was a, a lecture, they did lectures all the time at my company of a lady who was going to talk about homeschooling. And I always thought, okay, here's the judgment. Okay, I want you all to know that I'm naturally judgmental. So in my mind, <laughs> the homeschoolers are the fruits and nuts who live in the Santa Cruz mountains and their kids are barefoot and half naked all the time. And they, they just run around and they like moderately educate them on a few things. So I went to this lecture, that's my judgment nerd. So I went to this lecture and it was an Asian woman with two beautifully dressed Asian daughters who were studying music and they were both um, definitely college bound. And I thought, well, wait a minute, Lisa, I'm, I'm a really good instructor. Like, <clears throat> what if I would actually take this retirement package? I didn't have to take it. And I could actually school my kids because we were spending thousands on putting the kids in this uh, private preschool and private kindergarten and it was all this juggling back and forth. Who's going to pick up the kids? Who's dropping off the kids? Somebody's sick. I mean, on and on. You know how it goes with little kids. So, yeah. and I thought, well, I, I could do this. And so then I scheduled, I asked my husband, he didn't have any objections. And I scheduled time with a financial advisor. And that was the person who told me I never had to work again. So I took the package and I started home and it was, it was wonderful. I got to tell you though, Natalie, the first day I promised myself I would not spank any children. And the first day I asked my eldest son who was six. So we're going to talk about uh, math and I'd like to know what you know in math so far. So I'm going to ask you some math questions. And he said, that is not happening today. And he walked out of the room and he stomped oh off to his God. bedroom. <laughs> God. Oh, God. I was so committed to this, and I cried three times that day, Natalie. <laughs> I can like, imagine. Please help me get through this. <laughs> but you stick to it. But I did. I stuck to it. And six months later, he told me, Mom, I actually like homeschooling better than I liked um, the school that I was in. And it, it made me feel so good because I was working so hard. <laughs> and uh, I loved it. But, you know, it's it's up to them. A cool thing about homeschooling is if you know learning styles, I had an auditory learner and a visual learner. And the third style tends to be kinesthetic. And in the schools... The kinesthetic learner, the one who has to touch everything to learn anything, they have to have things that they're touching and moving and um, they tend to be high energy kids. Um, they are the hardest for teachers to accommodate. And the visual learner, which I am and my son Ben is, is the easiest because they draw on the board, they give you things to read and that's how the post-industrial revolution schooling in the United States happens, generally speaking. And then the third kind is auditory, where they need to hear everything. So I figured out pretty early that my young guy needed to hear things. So we went to the library. We got all the books on tape that he wanted. And he came home, <clears throat> and he would listen to the book as he was flipping the pages, and he learned how to read that way. That child is studying law right now in the university, and the older boy is studying business. They both did fine in school. But it was so cool to be able to cater to their needs of course, because I figured yeah. out what their styles were. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's how so, I got there. Okay. So, you did homeschooling. And then, but I mean, you had all this money and then you made more money. <laughs> you, you, you invested. Like, how did you yes. make it more? <laughs> so, when I was pregnant with the first boy... A friend at work said, hey, I'm, I'm learning about stock at The Motley Fool. And I said, well, okay, tell me about it. So I signed up for a really easy program at The Motley Fool. I think it was like $47 a year, and it was called Small Cap Stocks. So let me tell you about Small Cap Stocks. So they teach you how to evaluate a company, which I am happy to teach people how to do these days, <clears throat> and decide if this is worth your money. Thank yeah. you. Four minutes to break. And so I signed up for the program and I started just putting a little money aside every month into a little kitty into an, uh, I think it was like maybe TD Ameritrade. And I started trading stocks in these small 
capitalization companies. And one of them, I got some stock for $32 a share in a car company that hadn't actually produced any cars yet, but it looked like it was solidly run and they were going to have a really nice product. And that company is Tesla. So when I finally sold my Tesla stock, <clears throat> I, bought a, I bought four houses with it. And that's one of the ways that you can make money is by buying in companies that you believe in. And when it makes a certain amount of money, you can have your time to cash out of it and put it in real estate, or you can keep building your wealth in the stock market. But it really does go up over time. And it helps to understand how valuable the companies are that you're investing in and how well they're going to do. So, for example, for Tesla, you believed in the company. You said this like seems a, f- a fun company. I mean, like what was like the trigger for you? Because I know that you're teaching even to kids to pick the good stock. So maybe we can teach the listeners to pick the good stock. You know what I mean? It's like that's well, I can like tell you part- what I can tell you what the top things are that we look for. I can't do any like ratios or numbers of with course. you here in the of course in the meeting, but. You look for the the management team. Do the management team, do they have skin in the game? Do they own a bunch of stock in the company? You look for, is it a defensible moat? Is the, Are there a bunch of people who could actually take over their market share at any time? You look for um, their strategy. You actually go online, you pull their SEC reports, and you look at their strategy. You look at their numbers. You look at their price earnings. You look at how they compare to their competitors. Like, what's the price of their stock compared to their competitors? And you follow them a little bit. It doesn't take a lot of energy. And if they have, if it turns out they're not executing to their strategy, you might want to um, divest yourself of their stock. If they are executing on their strategy and you believe in them, you stick with them. It's like you're, you're t- it's like your friends. It's like you're together with this company and you believe in what they're doing because you know enough about them to know to their values are the same kind of values as you have. Elon Musk yeah. is a hard task driver. I, I swear to you, I would not want to work for Elon Musk. But what he was marching to was a really good vision for getting electric cars out into the world. And then, of course, he diversified it yeah. into a lot of other things. So you believed in him. We're about to take our first break. We're talking with Lisa Bennett about picking the right stock. When we come back, we will go a little deeper in it and then see if it's like better to get stocks or bonds. And I'll see you just after the break. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all yet are missing the most important thing to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at thebond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. I'm talking about with Lisa Bennett about money. Just before the break, we were talking about investing in stocks, and she was telling us that she invested in the small car company, Tesla, and years later, she sold it eight times worth more, and she, right. bought, she bought four cars, <laughs> four, uh, sorry, four uh, houses. So I guess like four she houses. did a good bet on that. <laughs> So the 
during the break, I was asking her, like, how do you know, you know, like she teaches even kids to pick the stock. Like she, uh, we know that like you have to follow the story of the stock, but are there like other little tips to choose a stock or it's just do the research? I can tell you three, three ways to invest in stocks other than just doing the research. One is the way I taught my kids. So I said, okay, you guys, we're going to play a game. You know, they were little. We're going to look around the house or like around the world for things that you really like. And if it's publicly traded and if it's within this amount of money, I will buy 10 shares for you and we will track it. And then this in this way, I taught them what the stock market was about. And the young kid chose Del Monte and the older boy, he was like up in the air about what he wanted to choose. I said, okay, well, I can tell you some of the things that um, that Motley Fool are investing in right now. And he chose one and it was Buffalo Wild Wings. So we, we put these on a like a chart on the living room wall and we were tracking them to show what was going on in the stock market. And I think when he was nine, I asked my older boy one day, I said, honey, you know what? I need to buy you out because Buffalo Wild Wings was doing really, really well. He said, okay, mom. So I gave him the cash for and into one of his accounts, his uh, like college account yeah. for the equivalent of what Buffalo Wild Wings was at at that time. And they, what I tell you, when you're schooling kids, I mean, all of you parents out there, it feels like a crapshoot, right? You think this is total chaos theory. I could give them this, 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 and this, and they won't even pick up on it. Uh, well, so the thing that my kick, I took them to all the nonprofits I participate in. I taught them how to prune trees. I'm a member of the California, um, uh, the wild, the California rare fruit growers. And I, there's an orchard we're a member of, and I taught them how to prune fruit trees. <laughs> they helped with the friends, the library sales. I took them to all this different stuff. And the thing they really picked up on is the stock market. It could be worse, right? So both of my sons, they are now 19 and 20 are excellent stock pickers. The younger one does a lot more research on stock than I do. He follows the candle charts and all this. I do not do that. So um, you never know what your kids are going to pick up on. I swear to you, it's a crapshoot. And you just lead with your values and your best foot forward. And you you don't know what they're going to pick up. Yeah, but So I, yes, I, yeah, but I the, taught the, them the, that way. So that was the first method was just yeah. pick something that you believe in. You know, maybe your kid would choose Apple, but Apple stock's very expensive. So that wouldn't have been within my price range. Um, the second method, okay, March 2019, we went on shelter in place. We were all locked down. It was actually a very dangerous time economically in the United States. By May, we were at 0.3% inflation. We almost reached deflation. So deflation is when your economy is collapsing, and tomorrow your money will be worth more than your money is worth today. We came very close to that. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting here thinking, what can I do? A number of things. And I'm, I'm in a forest. So one of the things I did was I reached out to my friends who owned the wildlife rescue organization. And I said, look, I have land. Do you need any help? They said, yeah, we could use a little aviary. We'll give you some birds. And then when they're big enough, you can release them. So a friend came over and within two or three days, we had a little aviary here. It's right outside my window. And I've taken in little families of birds and raised them and then released them into the, into the wild. That was really fun. I mean, you're stuck in place. What do you do? And the second thing I thought was, well, I have some cash sitting in some of my brokerage accounts. Like what stock would make sense right now? I went on Twitter. I went on Facebook and I started listening to what people were doing. Well, let's talk about this. They were drinking more. They were drinking more. They were spending a lot of time at home. They were watching Netflix the kids were watching the Disney movies. And guess what? Within a month, my entire life went on Zoom. Okay. So I already had Netflix stock. I put a bid on Disney stock that was um, that was a limit order. So I put a price on it. I figured it was something like $87. And then I investigated Zoom. I'd never even heard of Zoom before. So I downloaded the SEC reports and I investigated. I looked at these 10 things that I look at when you look at stock reports. And it looked like a solid company. It was young. It had some growth and some, you know, bumps that would go through, but it looked like a really solid company. And I bought Zoom stock. It tripled. So, so it turns out my Disney uh, order never executed because Disney actually jumped fast enough that it jumped over my order. 
So my Disney order never executed. I never bought the Disney stock, but the Zoom stock did really well. So that's two methods. One is, what do you really like and believe in? Maybe you guys believe in Apple. Maybe you guys believe in Netflix. Maybe you believe in some food company or a restaurant company or a medical company. Do you believe in Pfizer right now? Pfizer is helping rescue the world. (laughs) So I I think I do own some Pfizer stock, actually. Um, Or another way is called coattailing. And so the third way, of course, is just what I teach is how to investigate a company, look at all the reports and decide whether this is something that that is valuable for you. If you believe in it, their values are good and their company is solid. But another way is called coattailing, where you go out and you follow Warren Buffett and his stock trades have to be made public. So there is a way to find out what Warren Buffett is investing in and you know, within 30 days or 60 days of his company buying the stock, you buy the stock because you know what he's done his homework. It's not like Warren Buffett isn't going to do his homework. Yeah. Um, and he's also a very long holder. He tends to hold stock a really long time. He's not playing the market. He's not playing anything. He's, he's in a very long-term game. Yeah. So um, that's another way of, of buying your stocks. So something you really love, uh, what is popular right now? Like wh- what is involved in your life that has to do with a publicly traded stock? And a third way is coattailing. And a fourth way is just just investigating the company and saying, hey, yeah. does this look like a good solidly run? Co-? And you know what, Natalie, I did some workshops recently, a month ago, two months ago on um, on how to evaluate stock. I'm going to do the workshops again. They were really fun. And the I think you have to, to let me know so I can share with my listeners and they can go and get because okay. I get like questions about it right now. <laughs> that would be so right. great. Were, it was fascinating for me to go digging into these companies. And one person chose the marijuana stocks and I also compared car stocks. And I also, what was the third one? I don't remember. But I compared like three stocks in that industry. Yeah. And so, what I discovered was if it's a really young company, the normal rules that I follow about evaluating, it, it's really hard because they don't have a track record. They don't have profits yet. They don't have a, a chart that's going up and to the right. Their strategy might not be really solid yet. So it's much more of a betting game when you're working with a company that is just hitting the market. Okay. Yeah. So I have someone who says, my kids play Roblox. What do you think of that? Play what? Roblox. R O B L O X. It's a game thing. I think it's like it's like all the kids play that right now. <laughs> Is it about stock? What's it about? No, it's it's it, it's a game game. It's like I think it's like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Neil, tell us what is Roblox so she can see. And I have someone else who asked what you think about Bitcoins. Right. Bitcoin is a different subject. So (laughs) I put on a workshop about Bitcoin earlier this year. I brought in some really famous people in the Bitcoin industry. I had Jan Pritzker in there. I had a woman who was involved in the industry so early that they named it the blockchain. She was there on the team that named it the blockchain. It was really fun to put on that all-day event to educate people about what Bitcoin is about. And we focused on Bitcoin, not the other kinds of uh, cryptocurrency, because it's the first one. And my opinion. So I am a buy long and hold long-term investor And like you've just heard me talking about, right, I investigate companies before I buy them. So I know how solid they are and what their value to the world is and what their competitors look like, what their strategy is, what their management team looks like. And I get to look at their numbers. Can you do that with Bitcoin? I can't do that with Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I can't. No, no, no. Yeah. So that's the problem. And, And it's. It's currently on an adoption curve. So Bitcoin is on this wild ride of an adoption curve and it can go down 20% in a day. Of of course, the stock market can do that. Stock market definitely has ups and downs, but it's also, and, and this, it's the premise of Bitcoin. It is untouched by the feds. So it is not regulated in any way. And And it just, it feels to me to be too risky. 
That doesn't mean it's not a good investment for other people who can take on more risk than I can. But it feels to me that if I were to put money in, I could, I could take like 5K and drop it into Bitcoin or 10K and drop it into Bitcoin. And it wouldn't hurt so bad if I lost all that money. But if you're taking your hard earned savings and you want to try to build it and you're thinking, oh, Bitcoin, it's going to go, it's like it's going to double next year. You are playing a very risky game with the money that you've saved. That's not how I would recommend that you invest it. Yeah. I would recommend that you build it up in a market that you have a lot more visibility into. Which yeah, is, you can make your I research would, and then you can like, you know, like do all all the follow up. So, yeah, shares and bonds as well or bonds like it doesn't have a big return <laughs> because that's safe. Bonds, you know, every financial advisor. I love my financial advisors. I have two financial advisors. I am not a financial advisor. Let me premise this. with I am not. I am not. I never even took a macroeconomics class, but. They always want you to do stocks and bonds in this balanced circle that shows yeah. 30% this and 45% this. And they've been asking me to do this forever. I did not do that. So every time I go to my advisor, I have one extremely conservative advisor and I have one who says, you go, Lisa. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they both called me a rock star. They both tell me I'm a rock star because I am willing to take on a certain amount of risk that they wouldn't do. And they want me to be in bonds. So, The only bonds, as far as I know, that I have ever been in is because my company invested me in bonds and I was not allowed to move that money around at the time. So that happened with one of my retirement accounts. So when my financial advisors draw my picture, it has some bonds in it, but that wasn't because I put it there. Um, For me, bonds are not sexy. They're solid and they will give you a solid, very, very low return. And I would rather take the risk of understanding how a company works, taking the risk with the company that they're going to go up or they're going to go down. And the stock market over time makes about 8% a year. Of course. No, it's, it's a choice. I mean, like, otherwise, like you just put there and then you wait and you, you, you wait for the maturity and then like you get whatever you get. Makes sense. But you didn't stop only with stocks. What you did is afterwards, you invested that money. You just said like you bought four houses, you went into real estate yeah. with that money, which was like actually even a smarter move. So how do you invest in real estate? <laughs> if you don't have let the money, you have to get first the money yeah. or? Yes. Let me tell you a story about that. It was, I think four years or maybe five years ago. And I had only been in this County a couple of years and I was invited to a Halloween party for the second time, and they put on this great Halloween party. I love to dress up in costumes. I was the blue fairy that night. So I, I was a six-foot fairy with four-foot blue wings that go blink, 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 blink. And I met a six-foot-four pirate. And she had on these boots and this total pirate outfit. And we start talking because, like, we're both noticeable. (laughs) I got to meet this woman, right? (laughs) So (laughs) I started talking to her and we started talking about money. It turns out that up until that time, other than the original house that I bought when I was 30, um, I had only invested in stock and she had only invested in housing. Her mother had been a realtor and her mother had given her her first house. And then she had just moved forward, kind of like I taught my kids about stock, right? And they are moving forward with stock. So she had invested only in housing. She has 52 rentals last time I talked to her and I had invested only in real estate, I mean, in in the stock market. So we cross-pollinated that night. We talked and talked and talked. I think we talked for three hours about money matters. We never danced. It was hilarious. I love this woman. And she encouraged me to start diversifying into real estate. And she started telling me why. And multi-unit real estate is actually safer, according to her, than single-unit dwellings. So I, I said, all right, I can do this. So I... Was in, I don't remember how I was invited, but I was invited to a lecture by a man who has set up um, an ecosystem. He was in my summit on real estate investing. Really nice man. He came, he came from high tech as well. And he investigates different parts of the country that are really stable and growing and they have good economies. So they tend to be fairly large metropolitan areas, not the East Coast, not the West Coast. So these are all areas somewhere in the middle. 
and he gets the realtors. He gets he gets the people who are building the houses. They're all brand new houses. He recommends the bank. Um, he he vets the property managers. So it's an ecosystem. So mm-hmm. you walk into this with him. He says, these are the houses. You're not bidding on the price. This is how much the house is going to be when it's done. Do you want to buy the house? And then he tells you who the property manager is going to be. Go to this bank and they'll, you know, they'll give you the loan, blah, blah, blah. I have done that with him for the fourplex and for a single family dwelling. So um, either, you know, two purchases, but five houses. Yeah. And for there are people all over the world who are investing with him this way, who are from different countries even, who say, I want to invest in the United States. How do I do this? And he says, I have it all set up. Good guy. He spoke that, with me. Great. Um, but you say that you take a loan. For example, if you're not American, you don't have a credit score, you cannot get a loan. So it's like, it's always better to invest with the loan or like all cash. It's better. I don't know. Oh, you know... <sighs> I so my I'm going to work. HJ Thomas is in my event that starts today. I have a 21 day event that's starting that launches today. It's lovemoneysummit.com. And I'm going to work with HJ Thomas to buy my first foreign uh, housing, my first foreign real estate, because I have not done that yet, Natalie. Mine are all in the United States. Yeah, okay. So I so, haven't dealt with that. And you think um, that it's always a better way to, to buy with the loan than like if you have the cash to put the cash, the whole cash in, in the United States when you buy it. So uh, we got two minutes. My opinion <laughs> is you want to leverage your money. You want to leverage your money. And the United States is one of the few places in the world where they will give you a 30-year fixed rate loan. Your money is worth so much less at the end of that loan, the money that they're lending you, that it just, it it's a total giveaway in the United States. And most countries won't do this for you. Yeah, exactly. So leverage as much, leverage, leverage as, much as you can into 30-year fixed rate loans. You're leveraging 10 or 20% into this house and letting the bank cover the rest and you're bringing in your renters, your renters are going to more than cover your mortgage and you're going to have some cash flow on every single real estate investment. That's the idea. And that is working for me right now. Okay. So buy with the loan and then have renters and then they just like pay your mortgage basically. And then you start getting money. So with this money, you can buy more stocks and my properties. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. More properties. That's yeah. right. Let's take All our second break. Conforming loans. Thank yeah. you. So let's take our second break and we'll be just after. Is something missing from your life and you can't define what it is? Are you someone who seems to have it all yet are missing the most important thing to be happy? The Hungry for Happy online course may just be what you need now. Natalie Botros has created this course for you to find happiness, regardless of your body issues and or relationship status. Take the online questionnaire now to find out if this is a good match for you at the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. Whatever your budget, Natalie, the happiness fairy, has set up plans to help everyone find their happiness. Get a preview of the curriculum before you take the happiness plunge. Visit the bond-vivantgirl.com and click happiness course. In Natalie's own words, What do you have to lose? Say yes. Be happy. The Hungry for Happy online course is waiting for you now at the bond-vivantgirl.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. To reach our show today, we invite you to phone in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to bvg at the bond-vivantgirl.com. Now, back to Say Yes, Be Happy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Natalie Botros, your host. I'm talking with Lisa Bennett. We talk about making money. First thing is choose a stock that talks to you. You can do the research or you can do, it can be something that has a trend around. And then the the second move that she advises us is to invest in real estate. 
get a loan and then like get this apartment or like several houses and then like have renters in it. So it will pay your, your mortgage. I have someone during the break who's asking, what was the last stock you brought? <laughs> What's the last stock I bought? <laughs> Everybody's listening. If they're going to buy it. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'd have to go look in my accounts. I know I've traded a couple in the last six months, but at the beginning of uh, shelter in place, it was zoom. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, but you, a lot yeah, you don't like you don't buy and sell every day. Like you when you get something, no. you just like invest your time and then like you, you, you let it run. Yes. I'm so a long. How do you know when you have I to sell it? Long. I buy long. So all my stock is bought with cash. It's long. It's not leveraged. It's not. Yeah. I've never I've never shorted a company. I buy long and I, I almost never sell before two years. So I am I'm in it with the company. Yeah. So listeners, there's one thing that you, you should know about Lisa. She's a financial coach, actually financial literacy coach. So she helps yeah. you all this and how they can find you. How like let's talk about workforce millionaire and you know how they can contact you and uh, you know and learn a bit more in deep, you know. Sure. Yeah. Anyone who is on this call today who's on the live stream is welcome to have a half hour free coaching call with me money subject of your choice i do not give stock picks you guys i am not <laughs> legally allowed to give stock picks maybe my sons do but they're not legally allowed to do it either because i am not a financial advisor but i can i can teach you how to look at the sec reports and determine was this it's pretty clear math. It's not that hard. It's like division. It's division and addition um, to determine if a company is is worth your investment. I, I coach people on a, a kickstart program, which looks at your money management. It looks at your credit score. We can review your credit score and improve your credit score. It looks at your cash flow. It looks at how insured you are. Like one of the reasons I live in a feeling of security is I have a lot of insurance. And even if even if I was in a big car accident and let's say there was a pileup of cars, like I, I am I'm covered for that. If someone walks into a hole on one of my properties and breaks their leg and it ends up being a huge lawsuit, I'm covered for that. So I help people know if they're covered with enough insurance or you could be overinsured. Some people have older cars and they're actually overinsured right now. Mm -hmm. You're paying too much. And then I teach them the basics about the stock market. Real estate is a different animal and I have a different program for real estate investing. And I do have a separate program for people who would just like to learn about investing in the stock market. That's a six month program. The yeah. boot, the kickstart program is a three month program. And again, anyone who would just like to talk to me for half an hour, there's absolutely no obligation to buy any of my stuff. And um, we can talk for half an hour about the, the money subject of your choice. Let me say, though, Natalie, the first thing that I always do in all my programs with people is we carry around something with us all the time that we don't really think about. We carry around our personality type. We carry around this, this societal box that we've put ourselves in. It could involve, you know, our family, our religion, our, the culture that we're in, et cetera, et cetera. We're in a, a box, right? We also carry our credit score when you're an adult, and you also credit, carry your money archetype. So I talk to people, we sort of analyze what their money archetype is because that uh, is your feeling around money and how confident you are moving in the world of money. I happened to end up being a saver, right? Because when I was really young, I decided I was going to be financially independent. I have a brother who would love to be what they call an... So this is based on a book by Brent Kessel called It's Not About the Money. And he has eight financial archetypes. I teach everyone this. I love his work. And it's a good framework. I have a brother who would love to be an empire builder. We all know an empire builder who is in the United States is Donald Trump. You give him a million dollars, he will make it bigger. Whether you like him or not, this is of what course. he does. He's a businessman. Yeah. 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 And so I also have a brother who is called a guardian. And that, that's a person who doesn't spend much money because he believes it will all fall apart. And then I have a sister who is called the pleasure seeker. And she, if she gets the money in, the money goes out. Money in, money out. 
She spends it, she spends it. She gets it, she spends it. And she's always been this way. She's my older sister. So there's four of us with extremely different money archetypes. And this really does determine how comfortable you are, like how much money you would be willing to risk in the stock market or real estate or Bitcoin or what it is you would like to do with your money. A lot of it has to do with your money archetype. So we start with that on all my programs. That's great. I think like, and then like you can know how, how you should move with it with your money. It, it makes a lot of sense. And, but you teach kids as well. I think like that's, I think that's the part that is like really amazing that you, you go to school and you teach kids, you teach kids how to invest <laughs> about money. They don't even know. I mean, like oh, the kids that I know, the only kids. thing they know is like watch cartoons. <laughs> Or eat ice cream. I love teaching the kids. The kids are amazing. You know, they're our future. We get to teach the kids. And I believe in the U.S., there are, there's only a handful of states that actually teach financial literacy to anyone before they graduate high school. You know what? I have degrees and I have a master's degree and I, I was never required to learn the stuff that I know right now. But in graduate school, in graduate school, I did have one class where we covered uh, analysis of SEC reports because, you know, I have an MBA type type degree. Yeah. So that was helpful. But no one taught me basic economics or, or uh, basic finances in any of my classes. And I think it's a big hole in the United States. What I what I always tell people is I, I equate sex and money because we're, we're expected to participate when we become adults, but we're really not taught much. Yeah. So, so my current event I'm putting on is, is called The Truth About Love and Money. And, and we cover all those subjects. But anyway, where was I? Where was I? The kids. <laughs> you kids. The kids. Oh, one of the exercises I teach the kids. It is so much fun. Now, I don't have the number in front of me, but I tell them, what if you told your parents, instead of my regular allowance this month, I just want you to give me, a, this is about compounding. This is teaches people about compounding. I just want you to give me one penny on the first day of the month and then two pennies on the second day of the month and then four pennies on the third day of the month. I'm doubling the pennies every day and see if your parents would agree to it because guess what it ends up being by the end of 30 days. This is, compa- this is 100% compounding, folks. This is not what happens on your credit card. I don't know. I'm checking deep. if someone answers. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's over $5 million. It's over five. And if it's a 31-day month, you get over $10 million. So it's kind, of, it's kind of a joke to play on your parents, right? But it's to show you the power of compounding, which is what your money is doing in the stock market. So... So that's one of the games I play with them. Another one is called uh, something like, what would you do? It's out on my website, which is workforcemillionaire.com. But if I gave you $100 10 years ago is the game I play with them in the class. I want to know who in the class likes to spend money. And, you know, someone will raise their hand. I like to spend money. Okay. I give, I give them an envelope. <laughs> who likes to save money? Someone is really, uh, even when they're young, will say, I like to save my money. I'm saving for something right now. And so, okay, I give them an envelope. And then the third one, who who is able to both spend a little and save a little every time someone gives you some money? And some kid will raise their hand, right? So there's three envelopes. In, and then I teach them a little bit about the stock market. And then at the end, they open their envelopes. And, this, and there is no shame or blame or judgment about any of this because we need all money archetypes in the world. Of course. If you, um, I have a money archetype review I could send anyone who asked me for it. Just send me email and I'll send you yeah. the money archetype review. But we need each other. Like I need someone who's not a saver. I cannot marry a saver because what would happen with the money? It would get saved and no one would spend it. So I need to align myself with someone who actually needs knows how to spend money. So at the end of this little game, the first person who spends their money opens the envelope and it said, okay, 10 years ago, I gave you $100 and you and your friends went to Disneyland and you bought yourself the Mickey Mouse ears. You have pictures and you have wonderful memories. And I actually looked it up and 10 years ago, you could get into Disneyland for $100. So that is a real scenario. And actually they tend to be really happy with their scenario. And the second person is the person who, let's say, spends and saves. Ah, Let's say spend and save. And they took $50 and they went to Napa Valley on a bike ride and they they took the other $50 and they invested it. And then I I write down the company 
I just picked one company from all the companies I'm invested in and showed how much it would have increased over uh, 10 years. And so they had made like 5X on their money over 10 years. And then the third person who is just a saver, I have them invest. Thank you, hon. I have them invest in a company that they believe in. And I think I chose... I think I chose Apple and I show, I show how much Apple would have increased in value over the course of 10 years. And this just to show you that your personality around money is not, there's nothing good, bad, right or wrong about it. It's just what can happen if you're be, having forethought about what you're doing when $100 rolls into you. Would you like it to build into something in the future or would you like it to turn into a happy memory today? It yeah. works either way. Basically, no, it's like, actually, you know, like there, there have been studies that, I mean, I'm a spender, that the memory you have, you'll be happier with the memory than the purchase itself. You know, like buying a car, it's not, it's going to maybe give you instant satisfaction. You're going to be happy for a minute or two, and then the car is going to get old. But if you go on a vacation, the memories, the pictures will like remain. So you will be happier. Talking about happiness, what makes you happy today? We're about to close the show, but I want to know what makes you happy today. <laughs> Me? Yes. <laughs> oh, dancing. I am having my foot operated on because I want to do tango again. What makes me happy is walking in this forest and breathing in this beautiful air and seeing all the greenery. What makes me happy is being around my friends and, and the volunteer work I do where we work really hard to support all the seniors in my county. What makes me happy is just waking up every morning and saying, thank you. I'm so blessed. Yeah, that's amazing. So Lisa, thank you so much for being here. My listeners, workforcemillionaire.com. Get in there, mm -hmm. send, shoot her an email and she, you can get a fifth, uh, half an hour free coaching session. And then if you have any questions, you can just like reach out to her and she will help you. She has a lot of summits, a lot of programs. <laughs> you have to go to her website. It's like, it's so fun. <laughs> Lisa, thank you mm -hmm. so much. I wish you, you a great recovery. And I say to my listeners, see you next week or hear me last, next week. Thank you so much. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Say Yes, Be Happy. Please join Natalie Botros for another show next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to this program again or any of our past episodes on demand and on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, keep saying yes and find your happiness.